Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, it's finally Friday. It's March 10th, and there's a ton going on in free agency. We're back. We have the second half of our talk with uh, Seth Kaiser from Arrowhead Pride, and we're going to get into John Dorsey's look at the running back position in general, who's on the squad now and who is not. Dealing with the defensive line, Don Tari Poe, etc., and what we can expect quarterback-wise, linebacker-wise, where this offseason is heading. So stick with us for that. Check out the rest of the podcast network. We'd really appreciate it. And go subscribe to the show. If you're hearing us for the first time especially, let us know what you think. Give us a rating or review, and we'd like to get that feedback. We're always trying to change things up around here, and thank you for subscribing. It's the easiest way to get the show, in all honesty. So... Now, today's big news is obviously the opening of the free agency fireworks that are going on. Brock Osweiler gets traded. Well, he didn't get traded. A second-round pick got traded, and he happened to go along for the ride. We'll see what ends up happening to him, but I think it's I think it's a little bit funny, and I feel bad for the guy to go from Super Bowl champion 14 months ago, and now he's about to get cut by the worst team in the NFL. So, eh, fortunes change pretty quickly around here. On Chiefs news, specifically to the opening of free agency, not a whole lot. It looks like Gerald Hodges is coming in for a visit. Uh, Solid inside linebacker that played in San Francisco the last couple of years. Uh, Last season, 83 tackles, couple of sacks, couple of passes defensed. Um, Looks like a guy that can step in if DJ's not ready to go and and be a a little bit more of a veteran presence. If DJ's there, I think he pushes Wilson for the starting job if they don't draft somebody. So um, definitely a guy that could pull it off, I think. Uh, We'll see if he actually gets signed in Kansas City or not. But other than that, very little news. Looks like Jamal Charles is talking to the Seahawks, but nothing of substance there. Nothing at all on the Dontari Poe front. We're waiting patiently to see if anything else happens. Some low tenders on Daniel Sorensen, on Albert Wilson, and see if anybody picks them up and tries to take them out of Kansas City. But that's really where it is for today. The initial uh, frenzy is over, and we'll see what trickles out here through the weekend. Here's our getting to the main subject. Uh, Here's our talk with Seth, talking about the running backs and what John Dorsey's plan is overall. Well, let me ask you this. Assuming, you know, where and West are under contract, they're not going anywhere. Would you rather see them bring in uh, a big back to run on early downs and then let Spencer be the third down kind of guy or, or, or some kind of 50-50 mix? Or would you rather see them bring in more of a scat back like McCaffrey and let Spencer be the primary uh, and then bring somebody else in to catch passes? I think, I think either could work. Um, I don't think they need to bring in a big back. Uh, Spencer wears a hammer. You know, people have forgotten that to an extent, and he didn't have as many. Players were hitting him different down the stretch. You saw a lot more guys going after his legs and a lot more guys. I mean, because he ran over enough people that they didn't do it. But he was still running hard, and he's a big dude. And so, I mean, you remember, he was a fullback in college. So I don't think they need another power guy. I think if they're going to do anything, they want 
you know, maybe a more all-purpose guy. And I, you know, McCaffrey might be more of a scat back. He's not a tiny guy, though. Um, no, you're right. And you know, neither. And Cook, Cook is small, but he's built pretty solid. You know, he's 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 built. I think he's about. He measured at two ten, I think, and he's five ten. Like he, yeah, uh, two ten exactly. Yeah. No, he's he's five ten and uh, yeah. three eight. Yeah, he's built pretty solid. You know, that's the thing. If he were six foot, I think it'd be a problem. So, I mean, you know, because Charles was originally 200 pounds and he was six foot or maybe 5'11". I've heard different things. But, you know, Charles clearly put on 10 or 15 pounds as the years went on. And I think it was intentional because he was was skinnier early on. And Cook is built pretty solid. I think McCaffrey's built okay, too. I think any of those guys would be a good call. But I think what you're going to look for with Ware, if you're going to pair him with a with a type, I think you want to pair him with a, a more of a scat back type. And so I I wouldn't, you know, man, if only they could bring Danny Woodhead in. I love that dude's game. I I would. Danny Woodhead's a free a, agent, buddy. There's nothing no, outside he, the room. Is he really? I do believe. I'm, I'm checking right now. Continue no, your rant. I'll look. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I I for years I have hated playing Danny Woodhead. Because every time he gets the ball, he's this little tiny dude, but he always squirts through for like five yards. And never mind as a pass catcher. I mean, I, I've constantly hated playing against that guy. Well, I mean, I wasn't playing, but I think you get my drift. Um, right, watching. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because it was just so frustrating. It's like, just get a handle on him. And he's always falling forward for an extra three or four yards and stumbling forward. And it's annoying to watch. It's like, you tiny white dude, how are you doing this? You know, it just doesn't... <laughs> It just doesn't make sense that he's able to do as well as he does. So, Crud, yeah, if he's a free agent, snap him up. I think he would be he a He is. Brilliant. He is an unrestricted free agent what? at 32 years old. Yes. Well, yeah, 32, that's tough. But he was. He looked good last year. I he agree. I agree. Sign him to a one-year deal. John Dorsey, seriously, man, I got to write an article on this now, don't I? You, you put Well, him if in you're going to sign C.J. Spillier, you might as well give Danny Woodhead a shot. You might as well. Well, yeah, I forgot about Spiller. Man, I remember when I legitimately thought Spiller was the next Charles. I mean, he really looked like he was going to be really good. So, right. hey, yeah, here's hoping. But, yeah, so, <laughs> I, so yeah, Dalvin Cook. And then I'm going to look at some defensive tackles um, because I don't think Poe comes back unless the market isn't at all what he thinks. I, you know, you well. hear well, maybe let's talk be. about that. Do you think it will be? Because I think it's going to be a soft market for him. I think so too. I I don't, I don't think he did well enough against the run or the pass to command a big market. I think he's going to get the Jay Howard treatment because Jay Howard and you and me talked about this before. I think Jay mm-hmm. Howard was better in in 2015 than Dontari Poe was in 2016, and Howard just yep. didn't have much of a market. And that said, Poe has a longer history of success. But the last guy you want to be in the free agent market is the guy who had a down year, struggled with back injuries, and is... And has averaged like 800 snaps a season the last three years. Yeah, he's averaged all these snaps. And then the simple fact of the matter is he's... Poe is a, a, a nose guard body who plays like a finesse five tech. I mean, he his best snaps are not power snaps. His best snaps are finesse snaps. And so I think teams might struggle to know where to put him. I really wish he could end up on a team where they don't put him at nose guard. 
because I think he would I think do that's better. Likely. Yeah, especially with the number of teams that are running nickel more and running that four-man right. front. I, I think that's what's going to happen. It's just I, I still get this vibe that, that the team seems to really want him back. They seem to be opening the door. Yeah. John Dorsey in his pre-combine press conference seemed to me to be saying, go out and test your market. I don't think it is what what you think it's going to be. And the door's open yep. when we're back here, but we'll see And what I happens. think so, too. I heard he wanted $10 million. I don't think he's going to get any biters at $10 million. I don't think any don't of know. those defensive linemen are going to get a bite at $10 million, except Calius Campbell, who, look, if yeah, they could sign Calius Campbell for $10 million a year, I would be like, yes, yes, do it now, yes. Sign whatever schmo you want at nose tackle and have Chris Jones and Calius Campbell out there. Because the pass rush would be instantly better. Because the pass rush struggled a bit last year with with uh, Houston's injury and Holly aging a little, and you know just injuries nicked up here and there. And Chris mm-hmm. Jones was one of the few bright spots. And then obviously Houston had a few games where he like you know played like a man on fire. Dominated. But yeah, and so I mean the pass rush is going to be better next year anyway because Houston will have a full year between him and his injury. And maybe Bob Sutton will, you know, put him in coverage against wide receivers and stuff. But, um, sorry, still bitter. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Kaylee's Campbell. I think he's going to be out of range because he's just too good. He's good against the pass. He's good against the run. Poe's market. I just don't know because what would you say if you're his agent? What would you say he does really, really well? Based on last you say year, he's going to eat double teams. Right, but the problem is last year. And look, I'm the guy who, I mean, look, I went back, I reviewed eight games, I think it was. He he did okay with that, but he wasn't great at it. And there but, were But times, he faced what? Did you get a solid count on how many he had to face? Because I think he draws them better than anybody in the league. Well, you know, to me, here's the problem. There's a difference between drawing a double team and being schematically placed where the double team is going to go automatically. There's a big difference there. <laughs> And that's where and that's where people I think get a little messed up with nose tackles. If you watch any nose tackle or say in a four three, because you still have nose tackles in a four three, the problem is a lot of us, and myself included at times, we get hung up on the the label of the player when really what's important is the gap. It's where they're lined up, not the label, right? Defensive end is not defensive end. You know, a three tech versus a five tech is wildly different. Because you're going up against a tackle instead of a guard and maybe a center. But anyway, that that aside, Poe being placed where he was usually was in a position on early downs to where the double team is going to come to him naturally on a running play because they're going to have that whatever whatever you want to call those 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 initial double teams before the the pulling guard or center not pulling guard or center but before they they rub free and, and spring out to the linebacker right. Whatever right, you want to call combos that. before they go to the yeah. second level. I see. Yeah, mean. yeah. Combos is probably the most common term. I've gotten tired of using football terminology because every time someone's like, "No, that's called this," and I'm like, "Don't you think that might just be what your coach said?" And so, but yeah, combo blocks. So <laughs> Especially you're if you face those. Right, and so so you're going to face those a lot more as a nose tackle, and your job as a nose tackle is to command those. Right, the big difference between being double teamed and commanding a double team. Because if you command a double team, you prevent that guard from getting free. If you command the double team, you don't move. Or you push your guys a little back at least, right? And Poe did not command the double teams. He didn't have effective double teams as often as I would like. He had a few games where it was like that. Like, I mean, the first half against the Jets, he was awesome. 
and he he was he was good in certain aspects against Atlanta and a few other games. He was very inconsistent at eating up double teams. And so all they would have to do if if his agent was like, oh yeah, he'll chew up double teams all day so your run game can flourish. All they'd need to do is turn on the film of the Raiders games or the Pittsburgh game mm-hmm. and be like, that's not what I'm the seeing. Pittsburgh in particular. Yeah. The, the Pittsburgh game. Okay, so although I, I will tell you that the Oakland games were rougher. He really had a tough time against Oakland. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. Well, that interior three is probably the best in the league over there. So. Oh, yeah. they're Oh, absolutely. They're tough. They're a tough, tough group. Um, you know, they're, they're just tough in general. Chris Jones had to play lights out and DJ in the first game because the run defense overall did well in the first game. But that was because DJ was just en fuego and Indeed. Chris Jones kind of had a coming out party a bit and the whole defense played well. And so that's the thing. You well, know, it's not like the run defense was on pole, but I... It's just part he's of not, it. It's the initial yeah, attack. It has to be partial. Right. And he's not... So he, like to say, well, he'll eat double teams. It's like, well, I can get a guy that eats double teams for five mil a year and does that. Well, and that's what well. I want to ask you about. So... Right. I think we agree. I think we've talked about this before that there really isn't another no tackle on this roster currently. So if you were going to go out there and there's somebody else in free agency that it might be competing for a contract against Poe, who do you like mm-hmm. out there? You know, I, I wrote about this earlier this week. You know, if I were John Dorsey and if I were John Dorsey and I was looking to make a splash in free agency, there's a few different ways he could go. But this is actually I say go for Brandon Williams which it's, it's funny that signing a nose tackle who's primarily a run defender would be called a splash, but he's that good a run defender. And I mean, he's a guy that immediately he does against the run. What I think a lot of fans think Poe does. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to Poe. He's a decent run defender. Most of the time, Brandon Williams is a great run defender virtually all of the time. The upgrade there is significant. Now, does he offer much rushing in the passer? No. Dude's got four and a half sacks in four years. And but that's so okay. You just, when you're playing two, three techniques in that nickel, you don't want him out there anymore. you got to get Chris Jones on the field more. Exactly. And so here's my – I mean, he's a brute. He's 330. He's wildly strong. And he just doesn't get moved off the, off the ball. He just does not get moved. And so and he's able to command double teams consistently. And so for me, here's my thinking. You know, you could talk me into Dunta Hightower as well as a splash type guy. But my thinking is this. The pass rush is going to take care of itself. Chris Jones is going to be in his second year. They'll work on that pad level with him. Justin Houston will have a full year to where he won't slow down because that's what happened. You could tell it was still kind of nagging him a little bit right down the stretch. And so you're going to have Justin Houston back at full strength. We've seen what that looks like. He's still got it. That alone will make a huge difference. Chris Jones in his second year. You just have a healthy Houston and Chris Jones and the pass rush will be okay. The reason I I talk about the pass rush with regards to Williams, if you've got a monster in the middle against the run, you're going to get more second and third and long situations. 
in which they can just pin their ears back and not have to worry about a weakness in the run defense being exploited, right? And so that's where he would, I think, help the defense a lot in that it would force teams to move away from the run, especially if hopefully DJ's back, and that principal weakness of the Chiefs' defense would no longer be there to exploit, and teams are going to have to throw against a secondary that really played really well last year. They are not an easy team to throw out. When Terrence Mitchell started coming on, and Nelson played okay all year, but he really played better. Look at, watch the various games. You know, Atlanta was able to do some stuff against him, but Atlanta's defense offense is insane. And even then, they right. had to work. They had to work for it. And I mean, they, even you know, great receiver like Antonio Brown, the Chiefs secondary, the when when they were fielding the unit that was um, Peters, Mitchell, Nelson, Barry, and Parker. And then sprinkling some Sorensen back there, they played really well, and they are really dangerous to throw. They're incredibly opportunistic. They love to take the ball away. They a lot of them hit hard. They they are not a fun team to pass the ball against. So by the so what teams did is they just ran the ball, right? I mean that's what Tennessee did. That's what Oakland did in their second half. That's what that's what Pittsburgh did. Right. They just ran the ball and. The problem, you know, everyone talks about it's a passing league now. That's very true. However, there is no (laughs) better way to get smoked as a defense than to be clearly bad against the run because then what you got to do is load up against it and then, then yeah, and then you're vulnerable against the pass. And so, I mean, imagine if they didn't have to worry so much about. You know, being in because here's the other problem: the defense was facing. You know, they would end up facing you know these third and threes and third and fours. Let's see some third and six and third and seven, huh? You know what I mean? Let's see. Yeah, let's see, see some what second, your percentage goes to. Yeah, let's see some second and ten and force them to throw at Marcus Peters, right? Knowing that they got to throw, um, and so that's where I think he would. It would be a ripple effect throughout the defense because he really is that good a run defender. From everything I've heard, I've only watched a little. But I, he's he's one of the few players. It's like universal. It's like no, this dude's a stud against the run. And so I would I would well, make a splash and go with him, and because I don't think you need to completely break the bank because he's not a pass rusher, and right. so I don't think you're going to have to pay him ten million a year. I think your plan makes sense. Let's see if they actually do it. Now, what do you got right. coming next on Arrowhead Pride? Um, you know, since it's free agency time, I'm kind of holding off briefly. I'm still waiting to write an article on defending people's indefensible takes. I might actually spread those out throughout the summer because, you know, once you get to the dead times, it'll be like another mailbag type thing. Um, I want to review LDT snaps for sure to see what they saw that made them, you know, give him a marked raise. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I definitely want to cover him. I want to cover a lot of the offensive linemen, um, I, but then I just want to wait and see what they've got in free agency. And then I also, we're going to be doing a lot of know your draft crush stuff. I'm going to be covering running backs. I'm going to take a look at some nose tackle types, um, and corners because there's, I could always see them going corner as well because Terrence Mitchell played really well, but you know, six or seven games is a small sample size. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. And I'm looking forward to talking about corners. Right. Yeah, and we, and, you know, we've been burned before with Philip Gaines. So I think people are leery trusting a small sample size of really good play. So that's right. so it's mostly well. draft. Yep. So more mostly draft stuff. I'm excited. You know, just we'll see who they sign in free agency. Whoever it is, if it's anyone besides like 
you know, I'm not going to go and review CJ Spiller's snaps. I'm just not, you know, but if it's someone right. who's a little more of a mid mid tier or an upper tier signing. And I do think, you know, people say, well, John Dorsey doesn't make a splash. Well, last off season, he went and got the best <laughs> tackle on the market. The off season yep. before that, he signed one of the best, actually hindsight now being what it is, he signed the best wide receiver on the market. And so I think it's a bit of a misconception of John Dorsey that he won't go make a splash. The Chiefs are a team that are, they, they've got a Super Bowl caliber roster. And you don't, yes. now, now you don't sell out, you don't mortgage your future. But at the same time, you know, they, if they didn't want to make at least a few moves, I don't think they released Jamal Charles. You know what I mean? I, I think you, you, you see where your weaknesses are and you plug that in to fix your temporary weaknesses, your glaring ones you can use free agency for, and then you build through the draft. And that's what John Dorsey has done consistently. They had a glaring weakness, a wide receiver. They went and got Jeremy Macklin and then drafted some guys to develop, right? They had a glaring weakness, a right tackle. And, yeah, and then they drafted or then they, they signed Mitch Schwartz. They haven't developed and, you know, they've got young developmental guys all along the offensive line. And so then you ask yourself, well, what's the glaring weakness? Well, if Poe doesn't come back, it's nose tackle. Um, and then running back on offense or depending on who you ask quarterback, I think, and this will be a, you know, we're, we're going way over like we always do, but one last thing I'll say on, on free agency and the draft in general, never at any time during Alex Smith's time with the chiefs, have they gone so out of their way to praise him and to bash the quarterbacks in the draft as, Oh, these guys aren't ready. Year one. These guys aren't ready. Right. Year one. And you notice they're not saying they're bad quarterbacks. They, they've really complimented them as being decent quarterbacks, but they need time to develop. And I guess, you know, if I'm John Dorsey and I'm thinking, you know, hey, Alex wasn't great last year. He was good enough to stick with. Um, but I'm thinking we need to draft a guy to develop like a Mahomes or a Kaiser or whoever, which I mean, come on, Kaiser. Let's be real. Kaiser. I mean, what a great name. Sorry. Right. Nice there. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if I were John Dorsey, that's what I would do. I would play up the fact that, oh, you know, they need to develop. They need to develop. Alex is our guy. Alex is our guy. And so that way, when they draft a guy, they don't have to deal with, you know, look, we've said it from the beginning. Alex is our guy this year. And, you know, it would take an act of God for the quarterback to overtake Alex. Because, you know, like, let's say they do draft a guy in the first round. If he legit outplays Alex in training camp and preseason, he'd get the nod. They've shown they're willing to do that. So I, I would keep an eye on that if I were fans, because it's interesting to me, you know, the whole me think they doubt they doth protest too much. And so <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, so, yeah, you know, nose tackle running back. Those are the two weak spots on the roster, maybe inside linebacker. And for two years in a row, John Dorsey has gone out. And hey, you know, I mean, the first year they got there, biggest weakness on the roster, quarterback. So they went right. and got a quarterback. Got done right away. You know, people may not like Alex, but he's markedly better than what they had. And so they've shown a history to use free agency or trades like that, you know, veterans to shore up the biggest weaknesses. So I would be surprised if we didn't see something in the area of the middle of the defensive line or inside linebacker or even running back with free agency. Um, so we'll see. It'll, it should be fun. Yeah. This is the fun time of the year. <laughs> yeah, I like to see what happens. Thank you for being with me again, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, hey, always have a blast. Man, we always go way over. <laughs> eh, we'll make this a two-parter, folks. 
Enjoy the second half of this show. Check out Seth on Arrowhead Pride and follow him at Real Minnesota Chiefs Fan. And uh, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll be back with you tomorrow, next week, whenever we're done with this episode. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. arrived at JCPenney, the perfect time to refresh your home. From now until Sunday, get up to 50% off select comforter sets, furniture, and the most comfortable mattresses from top brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Beautyrest, and more. And save 50 to 60% on select sheet sets, plus an extra 15% with your coupon on select home items. Hurry and soon. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon valid 928-109 on select home items, furniture, and mattresses. Prices valid 928-101. Selections vary by store while supplies last. Savings on regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.